Hello there. You are listening to the Aligned Birth Podcast. We've got both hosts today, Dr. Shannon Dula Rachel, and it's another birthday topic day. And today's topic is setting up the birth cave. Um, I love this name. It was one that Rachel had put in there for forever ago. So this has been on our list probably since the podcast has started. But what is it? Why is it important? This can be, and this is not just setting up a birth cave like for a home birth. This is setting up a birth cave wherever you're going to give birth because there's things that you can do in the hospital. There's things that you can do at the house, like lots of different things. Now they may differ as far as what you can do at a hospital, what you can do at a house and each hospital is different. So yes, there's aspects to that, but why do you want to set up your birth cave? Why is it important to set up this space that makes you feel safe and welcome and loved and comfortable. So I think you just answered the question, like why are we setting up the birth cave? It's to help facilitate births. Welcome to the Aligned Birth Podcast. I'm Dr. Shannon, a prenatal chiropractor. And I'm Rachel, a birth doula and childbirth educator. Together, we're here to bring you conversations about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. From cesarean to VBAC, hospital to home births, we've experienced it all. We are high school friends who reconnected through our shared passion for health and birth. As moms to two young boys, we've both changed careers after our own transformative childbirth experiences. Join us as we discuss the importance of a healthy body and mind throughout pregnancy, birth, and into motherhood. Our goal is to provide fun, interesting, and helpful conversations and interviews that inspire learning. When your body, mind, and intuition are aligned, you can conquer anything. Sit back and relax or grab a notebook and take some notes or maybe listen as you enjoy a walk. However you choose to listen, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Aligned Birth Podcast. Before we get into the episode today, if you enjoy the content of this podcast, we would greatly appreciate your support in one of three ways. First, leave us a review or give us a five-star rating. Your feedback helps us reach more listeners and make a bigger impact. Second, you can sign up for our newsletter. By doing so, you'll be the first to receive new episodes and exclusive bonus resources straight to your inbox each week. Lastly, you can become a direct listener supporter. Running this podcast requires significant time, effort, and resources. Your contribution, no matter the amount, helps us continue providing valuable content to a wider audience. Simply use the links in the show notes to make your donation, sign up for our newsletter, or leave us a review. Every contribution matters and is sincerely appreciated. If the Align Birth Podcast is a part of your weekly routine and you love what we are doing, please consider supporting us through one of these three options. Your support will create a ripple effect, allowing us to reach more listeners and make a lasting difference. Um, I'm really excited to chat with you today about this, Rachel. Hi, Dr. Shannon. I know why you picked birth cave as the topic, because you just said you're ready to go hibernate. I am ready to go hibernate. I know. As we're recording this, we were just talking about, we just got back from our fall break. So it was the end of September. We had two different fall breaks. And we, my family and I went to the beach. And then, you know, I come back and now it's like 
pumpkins. <laughs> like, well, this know, weekend, the highs like, are only pumpkin. in the 60s. Yeah. And the lows are in the 40s. And we're in Georgia. Slap in the face. And it's been really warm. Yeah. Um, we've been getting little, little glimpses of fall, but very excited for some I'm Yeah, but I was weather. messaging a friend the other day too. And I was like, man, I am ready to hibernate. <laughs> hibernate. Well, <laughs> I think that's funny because you said that. And then I was like, look at our topic. I know. Birth cave. It's been on the list forever. And then you're like, we've never done it. Cave. It and then spoke I was like, to you because you're like, I want to go into a cave. I would like to go into a cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm ready for it. Oh, but yeah. Funny. I want to be, you know, comforted. I want to wear flannel. And yeah. I know some of you may not envision cave as comfy, but it's yeah. like a vibe. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a place where like your birth cave can be whatever you want it to be. Right. But it's really what makes you feel, and you touched on this, safe, private, mm-hmm. supported, comfortable, loved. So like this cave doesn't obviously have to look like a real cave, but it sort of like speaks to the primal part of labor to where a lot of people go, especially in a like normal physiological unmedicated birth, especially um, where you kind of really retreat. It's like an mm-hmm. instinctual thing that people do without like being told to. Without it's being like, told. Yeah. It's like, like it's you kind of gravitate, like you thing. want to retreat. You don't want to be out around a bunch of strangers. You don't want to be in a bright place. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do. Maybe there are birthers out, for sure. I get it. There oh, are yeah. birthers out there who want that. Maybe but for a that. lot of people, you tend to go inward and then you need to feel safe. Like mm-hmm. you need to feel like you trust your provider, you trust your partner, you trust your people, you trust yourself. Like you've got to feel safe. Um, Well, and so this is funny. I forgot that I had heard Cave so recently in a podcast that I was watching on Instagram. Oh my gosh. Anyways, a you know podcast. how it goes. I you were watching that I was watching on Instagram. On Instagram. Okay. What is going on? I guess that, that could be us too. It was like, well, it's us. Yeah. It was like a little real. And it's Courtney DeWalter. So she's this amazing ultra marathon woman. Like she just became the first athlete to ever win. It was what Western States, which is a hundred mile race, hard rock, um, UTMB. Like it's, she's insane. And then every time you see her, she's this giant smile on her face after running so far and you think it's so hard but she talks someone asked her and it was like how how do you do it because it's not easy and there's got to be pain involved in it and she talks about the cave that mm-hmm. she goes to in her mind when it's like mm. i can't i can't do it anymore or this is too hard there's this cave that she goes to and then it was this whole long thing and it, it's it's a little bit different than you know the birth aspect but i remember thinking that and i was like that is really cool so there's also this aspect of the birth cave creating this space, but then maybe there's the aspect of the mental. It's not only just, it's like all the senses, but it's also the cave, like, you know, in the mind, maybe there's like the birth cave in the mind. Could not agree more. Yeah. We actually were just talking about this with a a client who is planning to deliver in a few weeks. She's like kind of into pregnancy and, but she's also an athlete. So she's done Mm -hmm. a lot of training, like CrossFit type stuff. Mm -hmm. And we ask her and we kind of ask some probing questions with our clients. And if there's like something they've done in their life where they've trained for in any sort of physical capacity, we latch onto that because there's so many parallels with where you have to go to get through it. And we mm-hmm. were like, okay, you're in your CrossFit class. You're doing your umpteenth 
rep of something really rigorous, you want to keep going, right? Mm -hmm. But where do you go? Mm. And she's like, to a dark place. Mm-hmm. Not like dark, depressing Not place. Not dark, but depressing. It's, exactly. It's like and a dark I place. So I don't know. That's so beautiful. That just I d- had no intention of even mentioning that with this episode because when I had first saw it, so first yes, I wanted to hibernate. Now then, the cave came up, and now it's also the mental yeah cave too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And when you can see, like, okay, so and again, a lot of people have experienced some kind of fit, uh, physical fitness, like intense thing, maybe Mm -hmm. like it's easier to sort of, it's more likely that you've done something like that than given birth. Right. So when we're Mm -hmm. trying to find these like access points to give them some insight into what is needed, we like when they've had some experience like that, because then we can, we use it because it's so, so true. Mm -hmm. So in labor, so you got the cave, so that's like supporting your, that's your external environment Mm -hmm. and it's supporting um, the hormones of labor and birth. That's the oxytocin and endorphins need to flow. And in order for those to flow, you have to feel safe, private, comfortable. Um, and because when you don't feel safe, private, comfortable, you have an increase in cortisol and adrenaline. And cortisol is your stress hormone. Adrenaline is your fight or flight hormone. And if we experience those too early in labor, slows down labor. But that's a biological, physiological response. It's -hmm. saying, we're not safe here, baby. We need to slow things down as much as possible so that we can protect mom and baby. Now, at the end of labor, you have a spike in adrenaline because you need to get baby out. Because once you've progressed so far, Mm -hmm. like if you're in nature and a mammal's giving birth, like they need to speed things up so they can get away from the predator. Mm -hmm. We have similar similar things happening with us. So later in labor, you have a spike in that, which is cool, serves a purpose as well, helps get the baby out. Mm -hmm. Um, But in early labor or early in active labor, like all before that, you want to support oxytocin and endorphins Mm -hmm. um, so that labor can flow. So we don't have the responses of cortisol and endorphins. Those are different, like they're different nervous systems. They don't really flow at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So one will overtake the other if if it is having more input, right? So if in your external environment, if, and this happens, tends to happen, can happen if you're shifting from home to hospital, where you've gone from your comfort of your home, your cave-like things, safe and happy, safe, private, Mm -hmm. like you, you know, everyone around you to a very brightly lit, a very sterile smelling, (laughs) a very, a place full of Uh new faces. Um, While, while it's like, intellectually, you know, it's safe. That's like, you're choosing to birth there. Right. It's logically There's still safe, like but... uh, an impact on when you think about those things. So I, I like to also use the example of if you can really pay attention to how you feel physiologically, when you go to the doctor's office, mm-hmm. you know, you have similar things, strangers, bright lights, sterile environment, like mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit faster heart rate, mm-hmm. a little bit hot, cold sweats, mm-hmm. a little bit like anxious, like that is your adrenaline starting to be like, okay, what's happening here? Cortisol. It's like, we have these, it serves a role. It keeps us safe, right? It helps us protect ourselves. But understanding how that works in labor so that you can protect like your space so that the right hormones flow when they need to flow. That's the goal here. So your external environment is your birth cave. And then the internal environment, the dark place, the dark cave that you go to is, is like mental aerobics. There's just like this Mm -hmm. thing you have to do at a certain point in labor in order to get through it. 
And maybe that's a conversation for another day. Cause that's like, you know, you're addressing yeah. two different, two, no, different, two different things. things. Yeah. And I think, um, I think even the next conversation though. we're going to record, it's going to yeah. be about that aspect of things. I but like it because it's way to look at brutally it. honest. Mm-hmm. Like, and it looks different for everyone. Cause I really mm-hmm. do think people, a, a lot of people preparing for birth who want unmedicated, have a vision of their birth of being like kumbaya. Right. Right. And there are so many beautiful, peaceful, happy, orgasmic Mm -hmm. births. There's like Mm -hmm. a whole range, but I do feel like that is not necessarily happening for everyone. And everyone has like different Mm -hmm. experiences and preparing for like this, this dark place that you got to go to and how to access it and Mm -hmm. have it. And dark doesn't mean bad. Right. It's like what you have to do to get through. So I love that little tangent. I know. Put a fun tangent. Pin in that. Cause I really do feel like I could talk about could talk that about for the mental birth cave. I know. I know. Well, I think it's a lot of mental, a mm-hmm. lot of mental. I also feel like talking about the birth birth cave is helping you cope mentally. It is helping mm-hmm. set the tone of what yes, you you're need. setting the ability for you to access the cave. I think yes. that's how they're connected. Yeah. Because when, so I had a patient in yesterday, I was telling her the episodes that we're going to record. She's pregnant now, just kind of midway through her pregnancy. And I was telling her about these episodes. And then she asked, um, my first birth was emergency cesarean. And she was asking me kind of the things that led to that. She, you know, just kind of wanted to know. So I was very honest as far as like, this is what I think. And I remember going through and like, we'd finally gotten to, we'd gotten to the hospital and everything. We're in the room and I'm laboring for, it feels like forever. I think it was about like 18 hours or so. I think I remember having these thoughts and I was like, I'm really tired of that stupid rocking chair and it's brown and it's ugly and this room is bright and there's lots of blue and everything is blue and it just sucked. And I remember telling her, I was like, it just sucked and the rocking chair sucked. And so we were just laughing about it because I was like, that was not a birth game for me. And I still, I'm like, I really hated that rocking chair. You know, like I just, I don't know what it was about this thing. So that was not a happy birth cave, <laughs> cave for me. Um, but that's yeah. where- And sometimes the birth cave needs to change. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but were you able, in the moment, were you able to identify, I hate this? Or was that a hindsight thing? I don't know if it was a hindsight thing, but there's like an image I have in my mind. And it was this one- nurse leaving again, like all the nurses just kept coming in and leaving because I was there for forever. And it was like, I just remember seeing her walk out the room. She's dressed in all blue. She's cute as could be very nice, very helpful. And, and then I saw that rocking chair and I, was, I just remember that picture <laughs> in my mind. So I guess that I got back to, so I don't know if I was cursing the rocking chair at the time because I sat in, I actually used it. <laughs> so I, don't know why mm-hmm. I didn't like it so much. Maybe it's hindsight. I have no idea. Well, I do. I think there are things that can yeah. set us off that we can like really disrupt mm-hmm. us and disturb us in labor. And again, I, we couldn't, you couldn't have to... predicted that. But I think the important thing is being able to mm-hmm. express it and identify it. And I do think in labor, it's harder for people to shift their environment, mm-hmm. to shift something because mm-hmm. it just feels either everyone's thinking, oh, the end is almost near or I'm in labor. It doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. versus like, I'm going to change this now in an effort to make the rest of labor go more to smoothly. You know that mm-hmm. it's like an inertia that's hard to kind of, to, to overcome, mm-hmm. to initiate it. Um, so mm-hmm. takes, again, a lot of things we talk about takes intentionality, yes. takes communication with your, with your 
partner and your doula and your midwife mm-hmm. and your team of like, this is what I really want so that they can help you achieve mm-hmm. that, help support that. And then, you know, you might say, I really want twinkly lights because I want that birth cave vibe or whatever. And then you really could like get into labor and be like, no, that's not working for me. So again, flexibility, but understanding why it works. So mm-hmm. the, the nomenclature, like this fun term birth cave is really about addressing your birth environment. And this is at home as well as at the hospital. Um, and it's to facilitate the flow of the hormones we need in, in birth, oxytocin. That's your love hormone. That's what produces contractions. Your uterus has oxytocin receptors on them. And over time from early labor all the way through, they're building up. And so the more oxytocin you produce, the longer, stronger your contractions are going to be, which makes labor more efficient. Mm-hmm. And we want labor to be efficient. Um, oxytocin is also released in your brain and helps you cope with pain. It helps reduce your pain perception. And it's a, it's on a, it's on a suit, it's on a cycle on a loop. Um, so it keeps going so long as that loop is being fed. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's really cool that how it helps you cope with pain helps you perceive pain. Like, so as your pain is increasing, oxytocin is increasing and helping you cope. So, you know, I've used this example before, but if you walked into labor at 10 centimeters, like without any hormones to help you cope or anything, it would be a very impossible thing to overcome. But with a slow, steady build of oxytocin and endorphins over time, you have more abilities to cope. Um, also, being produced at the same time are endorphins and endorphins are neck and neck with morphine and how mm-hmm. they help you. Co- it's like nature's painkiller. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, all, that's your, that's your happy hormone. So you got your love hormone going, your happy hormone going, and we want those to just flow freely. And in order for those to flow freely, you need to feel loved, connected, safe, private, comfortable. We've said this many times, but we're going to keep saying it because that is the goal of the birth cave. Whatever you want to make your birth cave be, mm-hmm. that's what you need to feel because that's what's going to help the hormones flow. Um, for some people, it's watching a comedy show because laughing just really makes, you know, the oxytocin flow for them. Um, but we talk specifically here about like the birth cave in like the let's have that calm environment, maybe a darker environment, private that's like, I think a good place to start, mm-hmm. especially if in labor, you're feeling more stressed. And this is another thing to touch on too. So at home, the birth cave happens more organically. You have, mm-hmm. you can turn off your lights, you can get in the tub, you can eat your food, take a shower, be in your bed with your blankets and your pillows. And you kind of have these things more organically. But when you do shift to the hospital and you're coming up against the things that you're going to come up against in the place you've chosen to give birth, but that's part of it, mm-hmm. but it can be overcome by getting through, you know, you get through triage, you get through, through that part. And when you get into your room, you set up your room, your hospital room, as if it's home, as many things that you can bring in. And we're going to, I'm going to share some tips of like how to kind of transform your hospital room into your birth cave. Um, because that's where it's like, okay, I've been at home, I've been rocking and rolling and now I'm shifting. And not only are you having to get through like triage and overcome bright lights, strange faces, sterile environment, cold, all those things. Now you're in your room that also feels the same way. So what can you do? Right. Mm -hmm. I like to also bring the parallel of like, what makes you feel better when you don't feel well. So, and 
for most of us women, our cycles when we're PMSing or having our period is a good thing to draw on. Like what feels good to you during that time? Usually comforting warm foods, a -hmm. heating pad, a bed, comfortable bed with your pillow, your blanket, curled up, cozy, usually not a lot of people around. Or if you're, you know, I, you can talk about being sick too, but I don't want to go too much into that because being pregnant is not being sick at all. Right. Or giving birth is not being sick, but right. it's like, what do we like? What makes us feel better when we're not feeling well? Good. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's some of those things I just shared here. So I want you to sort of like try and translate that to labor of like, what can I do to help me feel better in labor or more at home or more comfortable? Um, so the things that you can consider are sight. So dimming the lights, hanging twinkly lights, twinkly mm-hmm. lights just have an effect. Yeah. Like turning off overhead lights, like those fl- fluorescent lights in hospitals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are the worst. They're mm-hmm. stress inducing for anybody. Um, so turn off those lights. You can, right? You have rights. You can turn off the, you know, and then request the staff to only use lights that are necessary. We have lights in our bags that are, they're twinkly lights. And um, many nurses have said these lights are great because they provide enough light, like to see. Yeah, that they're useful. But they're, but they're still twinkly. They but still they give the vibe. The mood, the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're bright enough to where nurses don't feel like they need to turn on overhead lights, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. And they comment on that. They're like, oh, this is great. So that's less disruption to the environment. Um, mm-hmm. But twinkly lights just have an effect. Think about how you feel about like looking at a Christmas tree. A lot of people, it gives a good, warm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is an eye mask. So if it's daytime or even like getting through triage mm-hmm. when there's lots of bright lights, like an eye mask can really force you to keep your eyes closed and force you to go towards the dark place <laughs> mm-hmm. because you've got the eye mask on. Cause You're it's really hard to keep your eyes some closed. Of those other senses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the stimulation and then kind of forcing you to, to do that. If you could do like, they make them with essential like lavender or mm-hmm. you could warm it up to, or make it cold, like whatever you want to do to help make that. I think that's a great tip for getting through triage. I like eye mask and, Earpods or mm-hmm. earplugs mm-hmm. for your ears to get through to try and keep the stimulation to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sounds. So we have sight and then sounds. So in the hospital, there's a lot of chirping and beeping and mm-hmm. people talking. So trying to keep it quiet, you can put a sign on the door, you know, so that people come in, they're using softer voices. Um, as a doula, we always talk in very soft voices and that kind of helps everyone else do the same. Yeah. Um, playing music either on a wireless speaker or in, I like the direct in ear, ear pods yeah. uh, because it's like, it's like more of a direct sensory effect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever, have options, you can bring both, um, or earplugs to help keep sound out. If you don't, if music is too stimulating, um, and trying to keep chatter for other, if you have other people in the room, like really trying to focus like on quiet and not a lot of like other conversation, unless you're like leading that or asking for As that. I was say, unless that's, yeah, what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other is the scent. So mm-hmm. hospitals have a very sterile smell. We want them to be clean, but that comes with yes. a certain smell. 
And so if you want to bring your own little diffuser or just have like the roll-on essential oils for your wrist so that you can just give a little like Mm -hmm. sniff. Um, And you don't have to be like a big essential oil person to to use essential oils in birth. I think lavender is a very common one that a lot of people like. It's very relaxing. It's very pleasant. Um, Citrus oils are good, like orange or lemon. Orange is really good, yeah. Peppermint is good if you're feeling like a little nauseous. and we have an and, episode too. I'll we'll put it in the show notes about essential oh yeah, oils during pregnancy. Essential oils. So we yeah. have it, we go all through that. Mm-hmm. But I, anytime I've been in a birth and I've been like using essential oils, like the staff is always like, "This is amazing." And mm-hmm. then like one of my favorite tricks is to get a bowl of ice water and I take a rag and I put it in there and I put a few drops of orange and I wring the rag out. So now I have a cold rag infused with orange oil and I waft it over their face mm. and it never fails. The response is almost always like, oh, God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the smallest thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, so essential oils. So we have Definitely. sight, sound, mm-hmm. scent. So the three S's. We're going to address those things and be like, what can I bring in to make it be what I want? And then home-like things. So reminder, you can bring your own robe or your yeah. own labor clothes. You yes, can bring your definitely. own pillow, your, your own, own blanket your own socks. Everyone at the hospital gets size XL, bright yellow, or some crazy like grippy socks that they require you to wear to go to and from the basket. Bring your own socks or your own slippers. Like it just feels so good. Those are your creature comforts. Those are your Mm -hmm. things like you want to hang out in on the weekends. Like, and it's okay. It might feel like you're moving in. I think it's worth it. You don't have to bring all of this, but like, think about what means, like if you have your favorite pillow or favorite blanket, like our favorite thing, t-shirt, I don't know, whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. that's going to help you feel comfortable. And And I still have my robe. I still have my robe that I wore Mm -hmm. when I was at the hospital with Ethan. I love that robe. Yeah. You know, I still love that thing. So, and I think. Yeah. Some people say the first intervention is the hospital gown. Uh Because it's like, it says hospital Hospital. property or it's heavy and like not very soft and someone else has worn it and like yeah yeah but it seems Mm -hmm. like a no big deal you're like it's just a robe and some people could really care less and I can tell when people truly don't care but for those if you're like this this is one little thing I could do Mm -hmm. like make it home like so make your labor and delivery room home like another great tip oh sorry it just came to me though as far as maybe like have these things in the car, you know, packed and you don't necessarily have to have them all at like once. Right. You know, so it could be something as you go along that you didn't realize, you know, I, we have the robe in the car. I didn't think I wasn't, the gown was going to be this big of an issue, yeah. but can we go get that? So that way yeah. maybe it feels better that you didn't, you're not feeling like you're moving in. Right. That could maybe make you feel a little overwhelmed too, but then it, you can at least access it then as far as mm-hmm. like kind of bringing it along or and maybe, you, you know, something you didn't necessarily think that you were going to like or want or need. It would just yeah, be good you could have, have like a reserve. With you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And we do also say like, have your labor bags and then have your postpartum bags and you don't have to bring them all mm-hmm. up. That's mm-hmm. another way to make it feel like you're bringing less up, like all the stuff for the baby. If you have like postpartum cl- PJs or nursing tanks or whatever, mm-hmm. like, cause you, you transition to another room for postpartum. So we mm-hmm. say like, you can send your husband doula family member. It's a great to do task for somebody to bring your other, like kind of swap out your stuff. Exactly. So it feels like it's less, less stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about that. Um, mm-hmm. But also it's okay to bring stuff. 
Yes. Yeah. Don't worry about what people think. <laughs> no, no. Only if it's like, if it's overwhelming for you to be like, God, I don't right. want to think that. Yeah. But who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Bring yeah. all the things. Bring all the things. <laughs> um, but the last tip I'll share too is that the bathroom in a hospital is also a great place to set up a mm, cave-like environment, especially mm-hmm. upon admittance. So you've come through triage, like that's a big shift. Um, so I just say go directly into the bathroom, close the door. You know, if you have any sort of electric, oh, that's the other thing is electric, like tea light candles, even just one in the bathroom can make it feel all like romantic and cozy, have your phone, play some music or, or not, you know, whatever you want. Um, but then sit on the toilet, empty your bladder, like hang out there for a minute, take like a reset. It's dark, mm-hmm. it's private. And people really, especially in the bathroom, they're not going to barge in. If you stay in there too long, they're eventually going to like ask you to come out because they're going to want to like check on the baby and stuff. But it's a good place to go and be mm-hmm. like, you know, take a minute, take a beat, reset. Or at any point in labor, you need a reset bathroom close the door, hang out. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you can create like a cave within the cave. You've yeah. got the birth cave there. Then you go into the bathroom cave. So then you can go into your mental cave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. There's layers. Yeah. Layers, uh, layers upon layers. I love it. I love when the conversations go in areas where I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting. I wasn't even thinking of that. <laughs> All the caves. Uh, those are really good. Those are really good things. They're very simple. They're very easy. It's not very complicated. And it just takes some effort beforehand. Yep. You know? And but then I think understanding the, the benefits, like the yes. process of what your body is going through and why it matters. So some people be like, it feels materialistic or it feels extra or it feels whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you understand the benefits of it and why it would be something you could try to help you, I think then it's like, okay, I, yeah, but you got to, you got to be open to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just some tips, some ideas. I love yep, it. Yep, yep. I know. I love it. Thanks for listening, friends. Stay tuned next week for another episode. Thank you for joining us on the Align Birth Podcast. We hope you found our discussions informative, inspiring, and enjoyable. Remember, when your body, mind, and intuition are aligned, you have the power to overcome any challenge that comes your way. We appreciate your support and leaving a review or rating, signing up for our newsletter, or becoming a direct listener supporter. Your contribution helps us continue delivering valuable content and reaching more listeners like yourself. Stay connected with us through our newsletter to receive the latest episodes and bonuses straight to your inbox each week. You can also connect with us on Instagram at aligned underscore birth. All links can be found in the show notes. Together, we can make a difference in the lives of the birthing individuals and new moms. Thank you for being a part of our community. We look forward to sharing more empowering conversations on the Aligned Birth Podcast. Until next time.